Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast is about strategies to think positively every day. We will cover relationships, positive energy, the power of attraction, and how to mindfully experience each day so that you can become your best self. I want to introduce my guest, Dr. Patrick McManaway, who is a third-generation healer from Scotland. He works with people, projects, businesses, and places, helping with earth energy balancing, earth acupuncture for geopathic stress and remediation, and also spirit release and space clearing for site energy enhancement. Patrick engages in traditional and shamanic healing practices and loves to lead firewalking events. His parents created the very first healing and teaching center in rural Fife, Scotland, and Patrick graduated in medicine at Edinburgh University. And he works worldwide with visits to the UK, United States, and Australia. He also has several books, The Practical Guide to Dowsing, How to Harness the Earth's Energies for Healing, for Health and Healing, and Cultivating the Light Body and Keys to Grace. So thanks so much for joining us today, Patrick. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your interview list here. Thank you for inviting me. It's exciting to have a chance to share whatever I've got to share with your audience here. <laughs> Thanks. So you grew up in a really spiritually rich environment with parents who were healers. Can you tell me a little bit about your mom and dad and their gifts? Yes, their experience, in fact, very much defined my practice. Both of them very, very practical people. My mother was a Montessori teacher. My father was a military officer. And a circumstance arose. The sort of dramatic part of the story is is my father, age 19, fighting the rearguard action at Dunkirk in France as British troops evacuate from the beach. And without any medical support or supplies, was inspired to place his hands on, on wounded comrades and found quite miraculous results of pain relief and stopping bleeding and keeping them alive instead of going into a shock state. And it awoke him dramatically, as you can imagine. And I do think it's quite often legal for that kind of awakening to happen under the most extreme circumstances, fill in the blanks, but that was his. And he was fortunate. His mother was a psychic and a medium and one of the inner circle of a lady called Grace Cook, who was one of the London leaders of sort of theosophical style mediumship groups. So between that and other trainings, he then cultivated his healing skills and mediumship gifts. And then after meeting my mother, who was similarly skilled naturally and had quietly been doing that, she was the girl that you brought the sick animal to or you took your headache to or you had her rub your shoulder. Just how that happens, there's a sense of who's who's got that giftedness to help. So they then set up a healing and teaching centre to support people in working with what we would now call vibrational medicine, vibrational healing mm -hmm. and mediumship so that people could expand their own natural gifts to experience the world of vibrational consciousness around us and live right and well with that in every way and their practice was very focused on them. they were both as i say pretty practical people obviously the understandings that govern that touch every part of our lives from 
how we go through our day to how we interact with our friends and our plants and our animals and our places. So now I was fortunate to grow up with, with practical working technology of how to experience the world as a conscious vibrational space, how to use intuition to get good guidance and good answers, how to use manifestational practices and prayers to bring things into one's life that one chose and seem to be the right and good things. Yeah. So tell us about how you connect with land and its consciousness and clear negative energy. I heard about you through a client of mine, and you were able to go to her farm, and whatever you did helped her business triple in income. So could you tell me about a story that has a great outcome? What you yes. Do? So looking at landscape, the first big picture thing to say is what we tangibly experience seems to be fixed and static. But in the classic framework of understanding of these things, the physical is only an expression and the tip of an iceberg, really. It's the physical visible tip of the iceberg of vibrational consciousness, the, the energy field, the zero point field, the global geomagnetic field. So one of the concepts that we understand is that consciousness is co-equivalent with vibration. And so Plato tells us the gods are numbers, meaning that the, the god or the archetype or the, the quality of your thinking or feeling is is defined by number meaning frequency or con frequency and waveform which is just the same as music uh, and so music is just an expression of number the frequency and waveform on the guitar mm -hmm. uh, string or the violin or the flute etc so everything is in vibration whether it has physicality or not electromagnetic fields are in vibration sound waves in vibration Mm -hmm. And even the physical matter, the atoms, as we know, when we look closely inside to see the little thing that's in there, if there's anything, it's a vibrational pattern. So everything literally is vibrational. And just like a barcode, every vibrational signature holds a different quality of consciousness. And so when we extend ourselves to perceive that, we can identify different almost like different radio channels, mm -hmm. you know, 89.9, 92.4, whatever, 107.9. And depending which literally frequency we tune our mind into, and our mind automatically tunes to the frequency of anything that we think about uh, in a clear and focused way. So, so if I think about my blueberry bushes and I hold space with them and I allow my mind to drop into their vibrational consciousness, then I can talk to them, ask them, are they happy? Do they need more water? Do they need more compost? Do they need some soil amendment? When can I expect a harvest? So I think people are most familiar doing this typically with companion animals, mm -hmm. where we kind of find their vibe. And then even though they don't speak our language, there's a very real and deep and intimate a communication that occur between ourselves and the dog or the cat or the horse. I find the same with agricultural clients. They, they just drop into cow consciousness and they can literally talk to their cows. And life goes better if they do, because then they don't need to make a big noise or wave their arms. They can just invite the cows to go into the <laughs> next pasture and everything's low stress. It's literally called low stress stop. Yeah, just 
the very simple process that we're actually all familiar with, but rarely sort of identifying as such of how we communicate directly mind to mind. And I'm referencing plants, animals most people are familiar with, but people with good bonded friendships or partnerships, often they literally know what's in the other person's mind. And so with that, cultivating that quality of sort of telepathic interaction where you can open your mind to hearing words or seeing uh, pictures in the mind or getting uh, sort of informational downloads. We can move our mind to any level of the landscape. And so working with landscape, there's just one further thing, Mary, because you're mm -hmm. a practitioner. There's really no difference between the energy field and everything that we understand about a person and the energy field and everything we understand about a planet. They're identically, exactly similar to roidal fields the only difference is the scale obviously in terms of size and and also time but anything that's true that we have understanding awareness skill practice that works on a person or within a person we directly and perfectly match out into landscape so a human meridian that an acupuncturist would work on mm -hmm. then becomes a dragon line or an earth meridian and the pathways of chi that move through the landscape carrying literally the earth's electromagnetism but we can work with them exactly the same through earth acupuncture or, or other focused attention as we would be on the human body and then above that we've got what we would call elemental consciousness which is the vibrational consciousness literally of the rock or the soil or the water the air the fire hmm. and we can interact with that and get that balance right which again, in sort of five element acupuncture, would be a focus to balance the earth and fire and water, cheese, etc. And then above that, we've got nature, spirit, consciousness, all the intelligence of the growing space, and then animal consciousness. And then within that, we've got human consciousness, both present and past. And the present consciousness, we literally put off a vibe into the landscape all the time and so when we leave do we leave behind stress and trauma do we leave behind emotional residues intentional residues that then pattern the place are there any ghosts who didn't leave because they loved it too much to want to go are there any curses or other factors that sort of show up in landscape if if interdimensional portals have been opened for an altar space or a healing ceremony or, or some other ritual Mm -hmm. but then not closed. It can leave some incongruent energy in the space. Mm -hmm. So that's just a sort of wide, quick menu from the simple earth meridians and the elementals to all the complications that, that people create. But it's really just looking at a place as a vibrational energy field and allowing oneself to become aware of what's present there and in what ways it moves and influences our own experience of the place, whether that's congruent and facilitated for a comfortable family home or, as you were mentioning, for a horse farm to thrive or a supermarket or a cow pasture or a wheat field, just bringing one's mind into interaction with those landscape energies to bring everything uh, together. Mm -hmm. Well, you had mentioned to me that you had visited Australia after the fires ravaged the land. 
Can you tell us about that experience? Gosh, lots of experiences as different ones move through the landscape. But the, the, the fires, in fact, seem to be very purifying and regenerative to the elemental and nature spirit con- consciousness there. It is a landscape that's familiar with fire. Mm-hmm. And historically, they do frequent low temperature burns deliberately so that they don't get the buildup of material that creates infernos that they experienced, mostly coming out of unmanaged forests, in fact. Same as on, on the Australian West, uh, the Californian West Coast. Maybe let me just sidetrack and tell a story yeah. about plant whispering. Oh, that'd be great. If I may. So we're in Gloucestershire in England. Mm-hmm. on a tiny organic dairy farm with 23 milking cows. And the way that they're making money from such a small operation is they're making award-winning cheese. And so they're running their cows really light and they're making their cheeses really, and that's what's keeping them afloat. And they've got a, a store in town that sells the stuff at retail prices. So they've been smart farmers mm-hmm. in that regard. Anyway, um, so they've been clients for several years and we reduced a mastitis uh, that was going on in the cows that was going to stop them selling milk because we had a poltergeist and a grumpy dragon running through the milking barn and we got those figured out and that was all good. <laughs> and then we managed to increase their the forage value of their pasture. They were able to get about 50% life force and growth out of the same pasture than they had before. And we got these kind of lovely things. Anyway, uh, the story I wanted to tell, there's a moment where... Um, there's two parallel fields of a crop called lucin or alfalfa, mm-hmm. which is very high in nitrogen and can create a situation in cows called bloat where they're unable to, indi- to digest it and they actually fall over and die. And so moving cows onto this particular crop, you have to pay a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. So these were two parallel fields, same crop planted, same day, same seed. And the cows graze off one field and no problem, and they move on to the second field. And within an hour, seven out of 20 of them are showing signs of deadly illness. So Farmer John pulls them off and calls me to come and fix the field up. Mm-hmm. And so I get to sit down and have a chat, literally, with the consciousness of this field. And so meditative process, and obviously everybody listening can do this at home in any way, in any circumstance. Mm-hmm that they have so first to get into a very peaceful place and very undistracted and focused and just as with your yoga meditations get into as much of a grace state as you can Mm -hmm. and then to call in to your mind both helpers and concerned consciousnesses spirits so in this case i wanted my spirit guides and growing agencies like pan and anna who's the goddess of the landscape but then within that, once I got my helpers on team, I invited into my mind or into the space, the spirit of the field, the spirit of the soil, the gnomes, the spirit of the crop, the spirit of the cows. And as I recall, St. Bridget, who's the patron saint of cows. So it's a prayerful meditation process, but you're including every literally imaginable concerned party who's part of this mix. and. What was quickly apparent was that the crop felt that it was being predated. It didn't realize that it was part of an agricultural system and it was creating something called secondary metabolites, which were deliberately to make the cows sick and die so that they wouldn't eat it. And so we literally had an imaginal chat in 
our minds, my mind, telepathically, as you would communicating with a companion animal, and explained that this was an agricultural crop, that it would be replanted year by year, that its purpose was to support these cows to thrive, and so on. And so it actually takes longer to have this conversation and tell you about it, Mary, than to have it, because it moves at the speed of thought. And so it probably only took about 90 seconds, right? Right. Getting into the meditation space can take 10 minutes or half an hour, but then once you're there, I find the actual exchange is very direct and, and simple and quick. So the outcome of this is 12 hours later, John experimentally puts the cows back into the field. There's no problem. The crop has changed its metabolic expression. The cows thrive and are healthy and everything moves along very nicely. So within that story, just winding up, mm. obviously trying to explain my experience of the process of a meditation and Mm -hmm. sort of shamanic engagement with identified spirits, beings, players in the field. But also just to say, because we can have those meditations and wonder if anything happened within this context. And the reason mentioning an agricultural one is the metabolic function and content of the crop actually changed. And so what we know is, even though it was meditation, the communication actually happened. The plants actually received the request. They were willing and able to change themselves to the benefit of the cows, and they did so within 12 hours. And so it's rather nice for me just working in the ways that I do to, to get that sort of feedback or call and response for when we put out our intention, put out our prayer, make connection with landscape or, or other circumstance that the response is very real and the response is very tangible and the response is very three-dimensional. Mm -hmm. So they're just like that. <laughs> right, right. So talk to your plants <laughs> and send those blessings to all of the earth around us. That's a beautiful concept. How can we communicate telepathically with animals? I tell people I work with to imagine everyone can hear what you're thinking, just to change the self-talk with young people and get them to be conscious of the thoughts and how people can read that energetically. So how would you suggest communicating telepathically with animals? Telepathic communication with animals, I think as said earlier, it, it seems at least to me that it's one of the easiest places to sort of practice mm -hmm. and one of the easiest uh, places for us to experience because we literally can get out of our mind when we're engaged with an animal in the way that we do get caught up with thoughts between people. There are at least four, if not six, different frequency bands in our mind, the beta consciousness, which is the analytic consciousness, the alpha consciousness, which is more relaxed, meditative, intuitive, the theta consciousness is the sort of daydreaming state. Mm-hmm. And then delta below that is is sort of subliminal entirely. So I think getting into plant or animal space is naturally moving us into at least an alpha consciousness. Animals mostly in alpha, probably plants mostly in theta, in fact. Mm -hmm. My strategy of how to do the telepathy is to get into an interior space of peace and then hold the thing that I want to communicate with in my heart mind. 
mm-hmm. and allow a rapport to establish between my heart and the heart of the whichever cow, horse, dog, cat, mm-hmm. uh, person, plant, tree or rock or river, sort of same process. And so by holding the thought of it and holding it in our heart thought for a while, which again could be a long time or a short time, depending on how easy or, you know, circumstance, at some point, I think one feels a rapport. And then once the rapport is felt, my strategy is then to sort of just love, put love into that connection, love the other thing, make it as loving, graceful, peaceful, just sort of getting the vibe literally of the other thing and establishing that in a very peaceful, loving dynamic. And then once that's established, then see what comes for communications in either direction. And within that, they talk about clairvoyance, where is where you're getting a sort of telepathic inner vision, almost like watching in your imagination a movie screen or mm. all of the inner visions we can call up. Uh, clairaudience, where it's almost like you're having a conversation like you and I are having, maybe not hearing it, but words implanted like a conversation in your mind. Then there's clairsentience, where we just have a feeling about a thing very strongly mm-hmm. and clearly. And then there's claircognizance, where we just feel a deep inner knowing that's solid and secure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's one or the other, and I find often it's some kind of mix of all of those plus the sunlight changes or the birds show up and start to sing or you know the dog starts to wag its tail you know there's as per that cattle thing you you know when the connections happen because actually you're then connected and <laughs> right right no i, I <laughs> whatever do. arises from that <clears throat> right. lets you know I always have a very easy time finding lost dogs. They always come to me, and I've literally found like nine dogs. <laughs> and I do think it has a lot to do with the being able to connect with them telepathically. There's just this process that kind of goes through my mind. But I don't know. It could be coincidental, but I don't think it is. <laughs> so I think once it's happened nine times, you can't really claim it as coincidence. No, I know. Exactly. That maybe the first time, maybe the second time. Once it happens three <laughs> times, then the question becomes how to get better at it. I know. Rather than whether it happens or not. I just say in that context also, and I'm sure we would share the same for your audience, we don't necessarily want to stay connected all the time to everything. We do want to stay connected to everything all the time. We don't want to stay connected to everything all the time. We need to be aware of our personal boundaries and whether we're sort of in a sovereign space and self-managing or whether we've left telepathic connections open that really need like a phone call to be finished when they're over because you can only have so many live stream windows on your internet browser before crashing out your bandwidth well that's good to know so how do you um, do that just say it's the same process and it's literally conversational so just the same as you and i are doing now hello i'm patrick hello let's have a chat talk about interesting things and then when we'll say goodbye and close the call and at any time again you you've can. got my number i've got your number we can chat as many times for the rest of our lives as we want but mm-hmm. there's a sense of when this conversation is closed then it's closed and your attention moves on and my attention moves on and we don't hold hold bandwidth for each other because mm-hmm. we've only got so much and we mostly need it 
you know where we are. It's exactly the same as our familiarity with with human connections. Mm-hmm. Some part of us maybe stays connected to our deep friends and family at all times without taking up bandwidth, as it were. But for the most part, moving through the day, we try and give our attention entirely to, to this thing or the next thing. And so the closure of one thing is what allows the opening of the next thing to arise. That's good advice, yes. And I, I just generally, you know, thanks so much. That was lovely. Check in any time, kind of communication to whatever I've been talking with. You've got my number, let me know if you need me, sort of... Yeah, just exactly right. the same as we would we would leave a mm-hmm. leave a time with a friend. Right. Well, well, Patrick, thank you so much for all this interesting dialogue, and hopefully, it will help some of our listeners out there. Can you tell us how people can get in touch with you if they need yes, your thank services? You. Easiest way to go is through my website, which is patrickmcmanaway.com. And there's information about services and there's a number of videos that can be watched for free. I think there's a teleclass series that you can buy, but there's lots of free stuff. There's a meditation for free and links. Probably. I've tried it all. It's really good stuff. I I'd say if people are interested, poke around there. If anybody wants to be in touch with me directly for any reason, email is my easiest go. Patrick at patrickmcmanaway.com gets to me. Great. And please don't be worried if you don't hear from me for a few days. The nature of my work takes me into the landscape. And so I'm not actually at my desk every day, Mary. So I know. Uh, if people send me an email and don't hear immediately back, know that I'm out sitting under a tree talking to, uh, talking to a river. Right. But I'll get back to them for sure. What a great life. Well, thank I you, Patrick. It. Have a great week. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for the interview. Appreciate it very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now we're going to end with a short meditation. Please find a comfortable place. And then close your eyes. Try tensing up your whole body, clenching your teeth, squeezing your fists, all your muscles tight. Now Exhale and release all your muscles. Take several deep cleansing breaths just to let go of any anxiety. Now place your hand on your heart. You can place one hand, both hands, and just breathe into that space. Inhaling one, two, three, four, five, exhaling for six, five, four, three, two, one. Continue breathing in and breathing out. And just feel the warmth of your beating heart. Now imagine with each breath your heart's expanding and opening just like a lotus flower would bloom, petals opening one by one. I am loved. I am strong. I forgive myself. I unconditionally love myself. I unconditionally love others. 
I surrender all judgments and burdens. Continue to breathe in love. Now exhale all pain. Let it go. In the law of attraction, like attracts like. Positivity attracts positive people and paths. So continue radiating that love outwards. Imagine that your, your love is energy that's being sent out into the universe. And it's touching everyone in its path. Thoughts are energy sent telepathically. So continue to just radiate love. No negative thinking. Radiate gratitude for being alive. Radiate gratitude for your gifts. Breathe in love. Exhale. Imagine your heart radiating out love. And feel love for yourself. And again, feel love for others. And then imagine your aura growing bigger and bigger. You are perfect. Our heart emits love in this electromagnetic field around us. So continue sending out love from your heart, allowing it to radiate beyond the space you're in, radiating towards the universe. You can imagine the universe pitch black, stars sprinkling in the sky. Inhale, filling yourself with all that beautiful energy. Exhale, letting go of any toxic energy. Inhale, counting to five to yourself. One, two, three, four, five. Exhale for six, five, four, three, two, and one. Continue to unconditionally love yourself and all those around you. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.